guys been enjoying this Young Faith series? We are officially ending it tonight. I know. We've been in it a while, though, right? Since the beginning of January. I mean, there's so many more directions we could take it, but I really feel like time is now. we got to be done and move on to other things. So, I think of no better way to end this series than to talk about Jesus when he was young. Did you guys know the Bible talks about him when he's young? And I'm not talking about when he was a baby. Like, there's actually a story in there of when he was 12 years old. How many of you did not know that fact? You're like, I had no clue that Jesus, 12 years old, we got a story about that? It's important stuff. And I think it's super, super important for you guys. For you guys to learn. You, you might be thinking, well, yeah, of course, that's Jesus when he was like 30, when he was 33, I mean, turning water into wine, he's healing people, he's raising people from the dead, he's casting demons out, but I mean, he's like, he's a boomer. <laughs> no? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but he's not a teenager, right? So we have a story of when he was 12. Now it's a very short story. We don't have a lot of his life outside of when he started his ministry. We'll get into it, all right? I'm going to be sharing. Don't worry. CJ, you want to read it? You want to come up here, CJ, and read the story? You want to read the story? CJ. Okay. This chunk here, it's pretty big. There's a lot to it, but I know you can do it. So, Luke chapter 2, if you got your Bibles, starting at verse 41. All right. Go ahead. You can still say it. i got to give them the heads up so they flip through them. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went to according to custom. And when the feast was ended as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him being in the group, being in the group, they went to a day's journey. But they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in a temple, sitting among the three among teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. All and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Woohoo! All right, let's give him a hand. Take a piece of candy. You can grab something in there. Yes. Ask them later. You have to, you literally have to know now. You're going to die if you don't find out the answer to this. So, what do you guys learn from this story? What do we find out? We don't have a whole lot of info. But we got something, right? Yeah, just grab quick and get, get down. <laughs> He's camping out. He's taking a seat. <laughs> All right. Thanks, CJ. What can we learn from this story? What do you guys get out of it? We don't hear a lot, but I think there's a lot of gold here. Okay? Listen up, CJ. Don't make me regret you coming up here. Okay? <laughs> we get a lot of gold out of this story. What's some of the gold you can find? Anything? 
he was a person, and because of that, that means that he became a teenager. He was a preteen at one point, and then a teen, and then a young adult, and then an adult. Wow, that's crazy. Can I get some water? Thank you. The thing I really want to zero in on with this passage is verse 46. You want to pull that up there, Titus? Verse 46, I think, really speaks a lot to what the most gold, I think, is in this story. Okay? Read it along with me, okay? After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. He was asking questions, he was listening, he was sitting. I think that's a rare thing. (laughs) No? A little bit. For a 12-year-old. I mean, think about it. He's 12, and there's all these religious leaders. All of the big shots, all the top dogs in the religion at the time. He goes to the temple, he's sitting there, he's listening to what they're saying and asking questions. And what happens? What do they say about it? They're amazed at his understanding. They're amazed at him. I don't know about you, but thank you. I would be amazed. I think earlier today, during when I came up here to get worship ready, leading wor- like calling you guys to worship, to stand up and chill, relax, be quiet. You guys did it. What did I say? <laughs> I was blown away. I was amazed by it. If you guys want to make an impression on the older generation, this is real key. Sitting, listening, asking questions. How many times do you think of the older generations and you're like, they got nothing they can teach me. They don't understand my life. They don't get me. Yes. You got a question? No? Okay. Okay, he's just stretching. Everyone stretch a little bit. There you go. The way Jesus lived as a 12-year-old is quite different than most people live as a 12-year-old. He is the example we are to follow, and this is no exception. This spot in Scripture, this spot in his life, is no exception as to how we are supposed to follow him. We're supposed to live our life, pattern it after him. How many of you are over 12 now? How many of you, what he's doing is showing you up already? You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm past 12, and... I definitely wasn't doing that, and I'm not doing it now. (laughs) I'm not sitting still listening to leaders and asking questions of them. And the word that it uses is teacher. (laughs) How many of you guys do that in school? (laughs) 
right? How many of you are sitting, listening, and asking questions of your teachers? And in a respectful way, not in an argumentative way. <laughs> yes. Good. I wasn't sure if you were answering it or, like, I got questions. You have questions? Okay. <laughs> you guys are, like, moving your hand up and down. Jesus was an amazing person all through his life. He was an amazing person at 30. He didn't start being amazing at 30, though. He started being amazing way before it. And we see that in here. They were amazed at who he was. They were amazed at his life. They were amazed at his understanding, the way that he went about his life. They were amazed by it. Way before he ever started ministry. When Jesus was finally found after his parents, and I I can't say lost him. I mean, I guess they lost him, but he wasn't lost, right? Once they finally came around to knowing where he was and he was found, he was sitting among teachers, listening, asking questions. Luke 2.52 says what it ended up resulting in for his life. You want to pull that up there, Titus? Luke 2, verse 52. It says, and Jesus increased in what? In wisdom and in stature. He grew in his mind and he grew physically because he was 12 and over time he became a man. Right? That's what that means. And he also increased in favor. With who? With God and? And man. What do you think is part of the key to gaining favor with God and man? Wisdom. Sam, was that your answer? Being nice. I mean, that's fair. You can't be a jerk to your leadership. <laughs> right? I'm going to be way more apt to let people do things if they're nice. <laughs> I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, just, just listen and don't be a jerk, and you'll get a lot more. <laughs> like you will. And, like, that's the truth of it. And I think... The way he conducted himself with leadership, with the teachers of the time. I mean, think about it. He himself, if anyone could have said, I don't need their wisdom, who do you think it would be? It would be Jesus, right? It would be God. It would be the Son of God. It would be him saying, I don't need your input. I got a direct connection. I don't need to know what you have to say. But that wasn't his attitude. And if Jesus had that attitude... How much more should we have it? How much more should we have the attitude of sitting, listening, and asking questions about our life, about our future, how to go about life well? What does God have to say about me? What does God have to say about our world? What does God have to say about how we're to live? If Jesus had to do it, we got to do it, right? Jesus would have been very familiar with some Proverbs. And Proverbs, don't know, got a soft spot for me. <laughs> it's the best. And I'm just going to tell you, if people knew Proverbs, they would stop being, like, doing stupid stuff. They, they just would. Or they would at least know what is stupid, and then they'd be guilty of it. <laughs> right? 
But in Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools, what? To suffer harm. Do you guys want to suffer harm in your life? Do you want to suffer harm in your life later? No. Then what do you got to do? How do you get wise? You walk with wise people. I mean, I've heard from people like, I don't understand why, like, all my friends stab me in the back. I'm like, because you stab people in the back. (laughs) And they stab people in the back. But get around people who are not terrible. (laughs) Get around people who are not fools. Here's one example of a fool. Scripture says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Did you guys know that? A fool says in his heart, there is no God. So there's an example of something that's foolish. I got some others I'll get to in a little bit. But Jesus, he chose to be with the wise to grow in wisdom. He didn't say, God's my dad. I don't need to talk to them. I don't need their input. They're just a bunch of boomers. (laughs) I don't need to listen to them. What can they teach me? Actually, quite a lot. And maybe you could teach them something, too. I learn from you guys all the time. I asked Ellie this week, what does sigma mean? She's like, I don't even know where to start with that one. I was like, okay. All right. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anyways. Oh, that was pretty funny. Jesus believed he was to listen and ask questions of the leadership of his time. Even though the leadership of his time when he was in his 30s really didn't like him. (laughs) When he became an adult. What do you think is the key, the beginning, the start to getting wisdom? What do you guys think it is? What do you think it takes? Listening? I think it's important. The fear of the Lord. It's true. Yes. I didn't even actually bring that into the sermon, but it's true. I'm not doing a sermon on fear of the Lord, which is why I didn't (laughs) really bring it in. Because I'm like, fear of the Lord, that's like a sermon or at least a series. But it's true. And a fear of the Lord is a reverence for God and For Jesus, he did have that, right? He could have said, I don't need their advice. I can just go talk to God. But God, he did everything that God told him to do, which includes going to the temple, listening to his elders, and asking them questions. And not argumentative questions, I got to say that. (laughs) Trying to stir the pot. He genuinely wanted to know stuff, right? So it is important. Proverbs 4, 7 through 9, this gives it in a little more simplified and kind of circular logic. It says, verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this. Oh, I don't know why it's up there like that. The beginning of wisdom is this. What? Get wisdom. Look at the person next to you and say, get it. Get wisdom. 
and whatever you do, get, whatever you get, get insight. Okay, listen up, listen up. Whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. I'm not talking about your girlfriend, all right? <laughs> she will place on your head a graceful garland. That would be weird if your girl like, oh, let me put this on you. You're so cute. <laughs> a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. The author of Proverbs here is trying to make an illustration of what it is. What is a beautiful crown on somebody's head? What is that? It's royalty. They're noble. They're worthy of honor and praise. Do you guys want that? You guys want to be worthy of honor and praise? Then don't be a fool. <laughs> this is basically what it is. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. You got to do something about it. It what it's saying, it's, it sounds circular logic, but this is what the guy's saying. It doesn't happen by accident. What are you doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> Getting wisdom. She's like, I'm going to get some candy. <laughs> I'm going to do. <laughs> I guess so. Hey, someone yelled, get it at her. So she went and got it. Getting wisdom, though, the beginning of it is to get it. It doesn't just happen by accident. It takes intentionality. You don't become wise stupidly. You don't. You don't come wise by accident. You don't become wise by just stumbling into it. You have to try at it. You have to be intentional about it. You have to work for it. And that means don't put yourself in stupid situations. Just do it. Are you surrounded by fools all the time? <laughs> hey, I'm not talking about your family. <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. Do you surround yourself with a bunch of people who do a bunch of stupid things and who advise you to do stupid things with them? Yes? No? You got people that tell you, oh, just cheat on the test. No biggie. What's the big deal? What's, what's the harm? What are they going to do? It's not. It's a problem. It's very irresponsible, and it teaches you to be irresponsible with much bigger things later in life. You got people that are telling you to not forgive people. Get revenge. Stab them in the back. They stab you in the back. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be happy. And if that's going to make you happy, then do it. <laughs> right? Do people say these things? You should pray for them. That's what you should do. <laughs> are you surrounding yourself with fools? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are wise? Now, for Jesus, he surrounded himself with some people who were wise. You think there was a bunch of 12-year-olds in the temple? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> no, he didn't surround himself with his peers all the time. No, it doesn't mean you can't have friends. You can't hang out with people your age. That's important. But if you only ever hang out with people who are just like you, 
who know the world just like you and have no wisdom to offer you, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to make some really dumb choices. Surround yourself with people who have some wisdom. It takes people who have done a little bit of life, who have made some mistakes and said, hey, don't do that. I did it. Here's what happened. I don't want that to happen to you. Right? Proverbs 3, verse 35, it says, The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. I got a story to share with you guys. Stories are great, right? Stories are awesome. So, I actually, Jada got a little window into this story at one point. There's a youth that came to the youth group as a number of years ago. I don't even, I think she's graduated since then. I'm not going to say the name of the person, okay? I'm not going to say it, okay? Jeez. <laughs> so, in this story, this person comes to youth group. And at this point, I knew they didn't know how to drive. I was like, how'd you get here? Usually you get a ride. And they're like, well, I drove here. Oh, I didn't know you had your license. And they said, well, I don't have my license. I got my, I got my learner's permit. I was like, and you drove here by yourself? <laughs> Some of you are like, oops. <laughs> so in this story, I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. This, I'm not talking about anyone in this room, okay? None of you in here, this happened to you. Thank God. <laughs> okay. In this story, and it's entirely true, I, I told her, I confronted her, I said, listen, I, I care about you, I love you, I really don't want something to happen to you, it's a law for a reason. And she's like, well, I'm a good driver. I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> Everyone says that before their first accident. <laughs> and she's like, well, I mean... I'm a good driver. My parents love me. I'm like, I don't care. It's still the law. Like, I just, I, in right conscience, need to tell you it's not okay. (laughs) And she's like, well, I mean, whatever. So ends up driving home, comes back to youth group the next week, not driving there. And then I didn't ask anything, and I didn't know because she just walked in the room like anything. And then towards the end, she's like, can I get a ride? I'm like, you need a ride? What do you need? Are you listening to me? <laughs> She's like, well, something happened. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so she ends up getting a ride home. And on the way, I'm, I think it was myself and John giving this person a ride home. And we saved her for last so that she could have a conversation with us. And she goes and says, well, like, the next day I got in a car accident. And I ran into my cousin even and <laughs> got on a fender bender and and it was it was a big ordeal. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think she was disgraced? <laughs> or do you think she inherited honor in that moment? <laughs> what do you think? I'm not even kidding. This actually happened. Guys, when you hear wisdom, when you hear insights, when you hear somebody telling you something that you're like, that's lame, I don't want to have to do that, but like, I know you're just telling me to obey the law. I know you're telling me 
probably shouldn't be friends with those people. I know you're telling me I shouldn't be in that relationship, but I'm going to do what I want, all right? Like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> you don't want to find out. <laughs> you really want to flirt with that, right? In that moment, she was embarrassed. If, if adults are telling you something out of wisdom, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> they care about you. They want to save you the embarrassment that might end up coming of it. Now, there's other people I've known. They rode with their permit with nobody else in the car. Nothing happened. That's God's grace. <laughs> what? Is the person going to stop you from getting in a wreck? I 100% would try to stop my child from getting in a wreck if they were right next to me. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, let's save this for later, all right? Don't be a fool, okay? Look to the person next to you and say, don't be foolish. <laughs> I say these things. Guys, I tell you these stories. I share these things with you because I care about you. For you, I don't know what it might be. It might be riding driving around with a permit by yourself. For you, it might be doing something else. You name it. You guys can understand a little bit when something's a stupid choice. Right? Okay? The wise will inherit honor. Do you want to inherit honor? You've got to make wise choices. You've got to be wise to get it. If you want to inherit honor. There's this quote I came across by, I think her name's Doe, D-O-E. Never heard it before. Doe Zantamata. I don't know. I, I don't think she's a believer, but I really like the quote, and I felt like it was good and applicable, and I got a little more to add to it. So what she says is, knowledge is like paint. It does you no good until it's applied. Right? Knowledge is like paint. It does no good until it's applied. You can be like, man, I really want to paint my house. I'm going to go to Sherwin-Williams, buy some paint, set it on my porch for years. <laughs> I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to paint my house. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it does you no good unless you use the stuff. Right? It's worthless at that point. In fact, paint deteriorates over time. I'd say knowledge unapplied does as well. I could go even further with this, though, and say that wisdom is knowing how to apply the pain. Wisdom is knowing how, where, and when to apply it. Because knowledge, yeah, knowledge is important, but if you don't actually know how to use it, what good is it? Right? There's some really smart people out there and they still do really dumb things, <laughs> right? I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right, we won't talk about that. Don't, don't follow his example. Learn from his mistakes. <laughs> a bucket of paint with a five-year-old. Listen up, listen up. A bucket of paint with a five-year-old is a bad idea, <laughs> Right? And it's because they don't have the knowledge 
to know how, when, and where to apply it. Right? No, no pain. Don't give them pain. It's, it's a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this stuff. <laughs> Slime, too. Slime's a big no. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. Jesus set a great example to others. Listen up. Listen up. Jesus set a great example to others even when he was young. And so can you. Proverbs 12.1, New Living Translation, it says, To learn you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. <laughs> don't be stupid. Look to your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. <laughs> Do you guys want to learn? Do you want to grow? We've been talking about young faith, right? This is the end of the series. I'm so sad. <laughs> But in this series, we've shared stories of young people that had amazing faith. I would argue they were probably pretty disciplined for their age. Yes. Movie series is in May. It's in May. Yes. Jada shared this, actually, during the transition time. And I was like, man, she's on point. She's hearing God. <laughs> 1 Timothy 4.12. So good. I highly encourage you guys to memorize this one. Like it's a very commonly memorized one for teenagers and for good reason. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. What? Purity. It's so good. Guys, this is, when I, guys, listen up, listen up. This is, I'm on the home stretch here, all right? Listen up. This is what Jesus did when he was young. That's why they were so amazed by him. Because he set an example. They looked at him and said, I've never seen a 12-year-old like this. <laughs> this is amazing when i read that story last week of brooke she was doing that she was setting the example of what it means to follow christ of what it means to have faith tj what are you doing <laughs> i don't think he's still if he was willing to give it then he wasn't that willing <laughs> Jesus set the example. I'm inspired by young people having amazing faith. Leaders, did that story of Brooke impact you? <laughs> did, you did you hear those words and go like, man, I need to step it up. <laughs> I mean, that's, when I read this stuff, that's, that's what it does. It's meant to do that. When you guys have amazing faith, lis listen to me. When you guys have incredible faith, and are being world changers, it propels the rest of the church to follow. They go, wow, if they can do it, why am I not? I should be acting like that too. 
I don't buy Bibles and hand them out to unbelievers. <laughs> I don't pray for my friends like I, as much as I should. It's inspiring, you guys. <laughs> and you're capable of being a catalyst, which is something that really heats things up quickly. <laughs> it propels chemical reactions in science experiments. That's what a catalyst is. And when you guys have faith that is inspiring, the church gets rocked. They are changed. The world has never seen things like it when it happens. They go, this is incredible. I need to step it up. I need to get in line with them as you guys are on the front lines leading the charge. That's what I want to see. That's why I do what I do. Because I want to see you guys inspired to be world changers. I want to see you guys do the impossible. And then when adults come to me and they're like, what is with those teenagers? I'm like, someone believe this? <laughs> and they started to have faith. They started believing God. And it, God can impact anybody. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your race. Nothing matters other than faith in God and trusting him. Proverbs 13, or verse 3, uh, sorry, Proverbs 3, verse 13, there it is, <laughs> Three, 13 through 18, it says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. This is what it's all about. This is why you guys should desire to get wisdom. It lays out the benefits. And the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, and those who hold her fast are called blessed. Wisdom will bring long life, Honor, riches, pleasantness, peace, and blessing. It doesn't stop there. Go down to verse 21. On, it says, my son, do not lose sight of these. Keep wisdom, keep sound wisdom and discretion. Discretion is basically knowing not to gossip. Keeping things discreet. Don't blurt out information that really isn't going to benefit you or other people. Learning how to keep your mouth shut, really. Verse 22, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Who wants that, right? Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked. When it comes... Not if it comes, when. It's going to happen. <laughs> when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Wisdom brings confidence in your future, being secure where you are, where you are going, and it brings with it not being fearful. Not being fearful and sweet sleep. I mean, that's worth it right there. <laughs> I want sweet sleep. <laughs> Amen to that. 
You won't be afraid of wicked people because the Lord is your confidence and he will protect you from their disasters. I want that for my life. Jesus wanted it. And he got it. Every one of those things fits him. He's not dead. He's alive. He's living forever. And he got it because he went after it. It didn't happen by accident. It was a choice. It was a choice he had to make. Surround himself with wise people. And not just surround himself with them, but actually listen to them, ask questions of them, to grow and gain an understanding. And saying, what can I learn from you? Last verse. Let's stand up. This is the wrap-up for you guys. And I I shared part of this earlier, but I want to share... The context with it and around it, I think it's just got a lot more to say. Proverbs 4, 5 through 9, it says, Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. CJ, five, please. Five, thank you. The words of my mouth, do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. It's a beautiful crown. It's reminiscent of when you go to heaven, you've got a crown. You lay it down at Jesus' feet, and he picks it back up and puts it on your head. Says your royalty. <laughs> Amen. All right. Leaders come on forward. I'm gonna pray, all right. Hey, hey, youth stay. I'm gonna pray. Okay. All right, hey, hey, listen up. Listen up. I'm going to pray. How many times do I gotta say that? <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Hey, CJ, stop. Quiet, please. Jada, you want to come pray? Go ahead. Lord, I thank you for bringing us all here tonight. Um, Isaac's sermon was amazing, and I hope we all heard something from it. And um, I just hope everyone heard the word of the Lord that they needed, and that everyone has a good discussion group and a good rest of the night, and everyone knows Jesus loves them. And I pray we we all have great discussion groups, you know? So, we all discuss what we need to discuss. Amen. Amen.